This is Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. I am Reed Gann, and today the views I'm going to express are my own. They do not reflect the position of the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, or the United States government. Today on this special episode, I'd like to invite you to indulge me for a little bit as I embark on some personal reflection. Fall. I don't exactly know why, but it has always been my favorite season. For whatever reason, as soon as you get that first morning, when you walk outside, that hint of a chill hits you, especially after what seems like endless hot summer mornings, even thinking about it just puts a smile on my face. And this year has been no different. On a morning run recently, that chill, that smell, that feeling washed over me. I start to get visions of sweaters and scarves, of wool and leather, denim and corduroy, hot drinks on crisp nights, friends, football, and fresh cider. Plans for long weekend drives to view autumn leaves and breaking out my favorite jackets. All of this is even more acute to me right now because of where I'm living. To me, autumn in the northeastern U.S. is special. If anyone or any place is doing fall right, it's this place. I was in the UK for the fall last year, which frankly was a pretty big letdown. So to say that I'm excited for fall is a bit of an understatement. It is with this background that I want to highlight another feeling that recently hit me, more powerfully than normal. You see, something I've learned about myself is that the highs, extreme highs, and lows of my deployment experiences have forever moved my emotional goalposts. It isn't that I don't feel anymore, it's just that it seems to take a lot for me to experience emotions in my day-to-day life. As a result, whenever I do experience a wave of emotion, I pay attention. And an unexpected wave hit me just the other day. I was sitting in my chair, in my family room, mindlessly scrolling, looking at whatever was on my phone, and boom, there it was. A date. Just a simple date. You know, centered, slightly large, bolded font, so it was easy to pick out on a page. Something had been planned for 11 September 2020, and as I scrolled past, I saw the date, and I had a flood of feelings. As with all experiences of pure emotion, it's really hard to describe. Art, music in particular, exists in order to convey the emotions to an audience that the artist wants them to experience. Well, I am no musician and nor an artist, so the best I can do is use words, which is what brings us together today. It has been 19 years. It is almost impossible for me to believe it was really that long ago. We had recently had an airman join my unit who was born after what we all now refer to as 9-11. To say I was stunned is a bit of an understatement. Then it really hit me. It's been 19 years. And I think about how much that day changed my life and how it continues to impact me. You see, I'm old enough to remember exactly where I was and what I was doing that morning. And now through my Air Force experience, I've worked with people who were in the Pentagon that morning. With people who were first responders in New York. I've worked with people who were on watch and saw Flight 93 slip off the radar before reports of it crashing in a field in Pennsylvania. These are people I've shared meals with, laughed with, cried with, and now 
they're all retiring. The terrorist attacks of 9-11 defined my generation of airmen, and now I'm not really sure where I fit in, where I belong. As much as I'd like to forget that experience, I feel driven to remember it. I see signs of it everywhere, yet I want to move past it. These competing feelings leaves me with where I find myself thinking about that day so long ago. So I thought perhaps it might be good to share my story, maybe to help me put all of this feeling soup into some context. So it was a little over a month from my 19th birthday. I'd finished high school that previous summer, and I had some big plans. I was heading to Spain for a couple of years to serve a religious mission. And in order to help support that effort, I was working to try to make some money and also to frankly pass the time. I wasn't leaving until that December, and I was getting ready for that change. I'd found a job working for a local city in their parks and recreation department. I would mow grass, clean park bathrooms, empty garbages, that sort of thing. I loved it. It was great. I was outside. Pay was pretty good. I was learning some things, and overall, there were way worse seasonal jobs out there. Typical day started early. Uh, We'd show up and report around 7, and we'd have a morning meeting. We'd get some assignments, and then we'd work until about 9. We'd have a mid-morning break. We'd all gather back at the headquarters building where we'd consume way too much Top Ramen and argue over the prices on the prices right. Then we'd go out again and hit it hard until after lunch. After lunch, we'd wrap up anything we you know, needed to take care of that day, and we'd get home in the early afternoon. It was a great job. And that day started out like any other. It was a beautiful morning in northern Utah. Summer was still clinging on. The fall hadn't hit yet in full force. But we'd had hints, and we knew it was coming, and I was getting excited. I love fall. I've always been a little bit of an early bird, so that day I'd arrived around 6.30 and was starting to gather some supplies for the job of the day and getting ready for our morning meeting. Right before it started, one of the guys walked in and said, hey, there's been an accident in New York. He'd heard it on the radio on the way in to work, and We all gave him grief while he changed the channel away from our usual hunting, fishing, shooting fair to watch the news. That was a few minutes before 7. And at 7.03 mountain time, we all watched on live TV as Flight 175 hit the South Tower. And we all just sat there. There were about 20 of us. We're grown, capable, patriotic, hardworking Americans, and we just sat there. We really didn't move or do much of anything else for the next couple hours. I'm not even really sure how long we were there. We couldn't believe it. We didn't understand it. We were angry. We were devastated. Most tried to call their loved ones and family. Most couldn't get through because all the phone lines were jammed. Our boss had to call City Hall on the radio to ask for guidance if there was anything we needed to do. But most of us were pretty much just stunned into inaction. No one really talked. I don't remember exactly when, but at some point my boss said, Hey Reed, I need you to head to the cemetery and lower the flag to half-mast. Now, before you get all wound up, about protocol and authority and flag etiquette, got it, understood. You are correct. 
My boss at the Parks and Rec Department did not have the authority to order the flag to half-mast. Did I know that at the time? Admittedly, yeah. So I'd earned my eagle that year. I'd been a scout my whole life, and my dad was a bit of a stickler about those sorts of things. So yeah, I knew. And no, the chief of park maintenance does not a legal lawful order make. But you know what? I didn't care. It seemed like the right thing to do. So I went out to the truck I'd been assigned, and I headed over to the cemetery that the city maintained. I got out my keys, and there's a lockbox on the pole that surrounds the cleat where the rope was attached that was holding up our flag. It was a really nice breezy day. I mean, you couldn't make it up if you wanted to, how perfect the wind was. The flag was just waving beautifully. You know how when it's waving, and it's not so hard that the flag's making a bunch of noise or looks strained, but waving enough that you could see the whole thing with its blue field filled with white stars and stripes of alternating crimson and white. Now, at this point in my life, I'd already performed many a flag ceremony, but none as personally meaningful as this one. There I was, all by myself, with no one to join me or witness the act, no music, no pomp, no fanfare, just me and our flag. I lowered, secured the flag at half-mast, I locked the box over the cleat, I got in my truck and I drove in silence back to the office. And I knew right then, I didn't know how, but I knew that life would never really be the same. So that's the background. And here we are 19 years later, scrolling on my phone and all those feelings come rushing back. Part sadness mixed with anger a little bit of gratitude, a dash of exhaustion, strangely some love, a little mystery, some hope. But now, all of this has this added sense of being tempered by a feeling of responsibility, a feeling like I have to do something. At the time of that flag ceremony, for one, I didn't feel that way. I had plans. I was heading to Spain. I had other things on my mind. I still didn't know what I wanted to study for college, I was thinking about what was going to happen between my girlfriend and I. Spoiler alert, she's now my wife of 16 years. And I just didn't have that feeling of, of action, of responsibility. So now, as I'm sitting there in my chair, remembering how I felt, letting those feelings and emotions just wash over me, to move me, I'm allowing myself to feel. When that feeling came, and this new sense of duty was very unexpected. It was also very revealing. I'm a different person than I was 19 years ago. I have grown. I have changed. I am also now a part of a team of people whose job it is to make sure something like 9-11 never happens again. And that, that is the change that moved me the most. 19 years ago, I didn't know what to do. 19 years later, I have a responsibility to act. Because it isn't a matter of if, but when. I hope when that day comes, 
it finds me ready. Thanks for listening.